Welcome back to another episode of the SIRS Group podcast. I'm JC. And I'm Barbara. Today we are talking about the biggest bangs for our buck, meaning what parts of the protocol we feel has been most expeditious to our healing. I like that word. I've been listening to a lot of Jane Austen, not going to lie. <laughs> so good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, what what has really mattered the most? I'll go first, the binders. <laughs> you can't get around uh, using the binder. You can't get, can't not get around. Well, call and cholestyramine. I mean, those are your best friends if you have SIRS. Yeah. So backing up just a little bit, SIRS happens when you are genetically predisposed being really bad at eliminating a biotoxin. And the binders are the step that allow you to eliminate that biotoxin. Everything else in the Shoemaker Protocol is addressing the downstream impact of the inflammation. So really, it's the binders, you guys. It's really like I see people go down these rabbit holes of biohacking where they're doing like sunlight therapy and cold therapy and no salt and intermittent fasting. And all of these things are so good at reducing inflammation. But unless you address what is causing the inflammation in the first place, that's really just symptom management. And I think that's valuable in the sense that it's going to help you feel better. So it's easier to get through treatment, but it's less valuable in the sense that you're spinning your wheels in a sense, rather than going for the the root cause and the source. Right. And I guess what kind of goes hand in hand with the binders, of course, is removing the exposure removing yourself from the environment or removing the thing that is terrible from your environment, what, you know, the biotoxin, um, because that's something that I, I guess I did before I even knew I had SIRS, I moved from California to Las Vegas and I did notice I felt better and I didn't know why. And I didn't know about SIRS yet at the time. And you did know about SIRS and realized your environment was not great. And you were able to move out of that environment and felt a noticeable difference. So I guess I should, I should couple that together that the exposure part does matter too, in addition to the binders. But, but I think both you and I felt like noticeably better on the binders by week six to eight, something like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I even felt improvement when I was still in exposure when I started the binder, but it wasn't until I left the, I was exposed to mold, the moldy environment I was in. Um, It wasn't until I left that I felt like exponential improvement. So I do think that's an important step to removing the exposure doing the binders, those are going to be your biggest bang for your buck in terms of the actual source protocol. Right. And I mean, we, you know, your results may vary. We do have some members in the group that it took longer for them to feel better on the binders than, than us. And I, you know, that could be a number of reasons that, that, that happened. Everybody's very, uh, bio-individual as we all know. So all of that stuff, uh, can, can be different. Um, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think another really big piece of that is, you know, removing the exposure. A lot of people find that they're not improving and it turns out that they have either like a secondary exposure of another biotoxin they just didn't think was the cause uh, for a lot of people that happens to be Lyme disease. And then the other thing is a lot of people are exposed in environments they don't 
suspect. So we have one member who she was being exposed at her gym. So that's like she spent seven hours there a week. And you would think, well, maybe that's not a lot comparatively to where you spend the rest of your time. But it was enough that it was preventing her from getting well. Yes. And I will go ahead and say maybe this is I don't know if this is a, a an unpopular opinion or not, but um, I'm pretty thankful that I was on well call and not cholestyramine personally. Like if I had to pick a binder and I am not suggesting anyone picks a binder, I think they should go with what their SIRS certified practitioner says they should go with because there's different effective rates and all of that stuff and different ones are tolerated uh, by different people. But I have to say, I, I I think I'm very thankful that I went with well call and it seemed to do the trick for me personally. So that's been, that's been good for me. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's pros and cons to both with the cholestyramine. It's uh, possibly four times more effective than wall call. So it can be a faster healing time, but it is harder to tolerate. So you might have to ramp onto it more slowly, meaning that difference in time might even out anyways. Um, Cholestyramine comes in a powder. You have to get it compounded. You have to brush your teeth after every time you take it. Uh, people either typically use boba straws or a shot glass to take it. Like it just, it feels like a lot of effort. You and I both travel quite a bit. And I think that that's a lot harder to travel with as well. Whereas the well call is a much more convenient pill form. You don't have to weigh it or measure it. It's a convenience aspect for me was like enough to sell me on the well call. Um, and then too, it's like, I think we need to normalize like the SIRS protocol is an extensive protocol. It takes 12 to 18 months. So if you're adding a couple months onto there to be a little more gentle with your body and kind of prolong that, um, personally, I don't see that as a downside. Yeah, agreed. And just so people know, one of our members did get uh, teeth staining from it that was removed with a normal dental cleaning. So it wasn't anything permanently damaging, but I know there is that potential with cholestyramine when you're taking it in the powder form and it's all over your teeth. And she was really good about brushing her teeth immediately after taking it, but it still stained her teeth. Again, it was cleanable in this situation, but um, it's just another, it's just another thing. I, I think the reason that I'm harping on this so much is when I, started the protocol and my doctor told me I would be on well call, I was disappointed because I thought, well, I, will, I, I can handle the hardest drug or whatever. <laughs> Give me the good I'm stuff, so doc. Sad. Exactly. I want, no, don't want to waste my time with this one fourth as effective BS, but really looking back, I'm very thankful that we were, that we were on well call. I'll just say it. So if, if anyone's disappointed that they got well call, I, I don't know, I would, I would be pretty happy about it if I were you. <laughs> Insight is 2020. Yeah. So as far as any other, any of the other uh, medications or supplement, supplemental supportive medications, what are your thoughts on those? Any ones that stuck out to you as worth, worth looking into, worth asking your doctor about? The one thing that I would say has been really important for me, um, so my SIRS triggered an autoimmune condition. And in order to prevent flares of that autoimmune condition, I've had to be really diligent in my lipid replacement. So as we know, cholestyramine, well call, they're both old school cholesterol meds. They can deplete 
your cell walls of fat. And so you have to replace that fat through lipid replacements, typically fish oils. And if I am not diligent in taking my fish oils, I notice that my skin gets really dry on my hands. And that's kind of like of the four horsemen, it's the first one to be like, all right, JC, you need to get back onto your medications because if I continue down that path, I will have an autoimmune flare. So for me, the lipid replacement has been so worth it. It's expensive. You're paying for fish oil and high dose fish oil, um, but it's way less expensive than if I had to go to a specialist appointment for my autoimmune flare. So I see the cost as totally worth it. Right. And I, you know, don't have the autoimmune flare problem to worry about, but I do notice my skin getting really dry because I've gotten a little bit less strict about my medications now that I'm on the last step of the VIP spray and I'm on the maintenance dose of well call. Um, so I'm just like, oh, I didn't take the my electrolytes or my fish oils today. Oh, well, I'll take it tomorrow. And I'm noticing the dryness. So I know that there could be other thing. Again, like you were saying, when things are going wrong with your skin, that's like, that's usually the first place that you see an issue. Anytime I go off carnivore, it's usually a breakout. You know, it's some, my skin is what's going to tell me, Hey, there's stuff going on in there. That's not good. You need to like clean it up. So, uh, so yeah, I, I will second that the, the fish oil supplements, um, and the, the Omaprem is what I was taking. Um, in addition to the, the mega, what's it called? The mega biomega 500. Yeah. Or it comes in 500 or a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those have been great and those have worked well for me. So I need to stick to them if I'm smart. (laughs) Yeah. The rest of the medications for me have really been like necessary evils, like the EDTA BEG spray you use to clear the Marcons in your nose. Like you kind of just have to do it. You don't really feel a positive or negative effect. Although a lot of people in our group have said that it's ha- helped with like sinus issues they've had. That just wasn't a big symptom of mine. So I guess I didn't notice it as much. Um, but definitely like those supportive therapies to help with the downstream impact that's going to be very bio-individual because SIRS manifests in so many different ways for so many different people. Right. And two such medications that come to mind are chromalin and low-dose naltrexone. And I... I've, we've had members say that they made a huge difference for them. So I don't want to say they're not useful, but I feel like they might fall into that nice to have category for some people, but may, and maybe a lot nicer to have for some people more than others. Um, I don't know if I've noticed a huge, huge difference uh, if I've gone off it or maybe I've ran out and was waiting for a replenishment from my pharmacy. Um, I don't know that I've noticed a big difference if I wasn't taking those for me personally. Yeah. So chromalin is a mast cell stabilizer. So for people who are experiencing mast cell activation syndrome or getting histamine reactions to things, they might find chromalin a lot more helpful than um, someone who has more of like a GI presentation like you do. Um, The other thing that mast cell stabilization can help with is autoimmune flares. Um, So that is something that I have been pretty diligent in, although it's like without going off it and being like, all right, I'm going to risk a flare. It's hard to know. Right. Um, and then LDN or low-dose naltrexone helps with your dopamine receptors and dopamine uptake. So for people who are experiencing, especially like very heavy depressive or mood symptoms from their SIRS, they might notice a greater impact. Also people who are having issues with um, sleep and 
restful, deep sleep, the LDN can be super helpful for them as well. Yep. And so definitely ask your doctor about those medications if they don't tell you about them. Um, your SIRS practitioner, that is. Any other doctor might go, huh? Uh, but <laughs> but those are those are worth asking to, uh, about and trying for yourself if if you think that you fit those descriptions of of who those medications could help. Um, beyond that, something that I've been very thankful that I have done is um, more on the limbic retraining side or um, the somatic therapy the actual, actual therapy, whether it's talk therapy, um, my therapist has walked me through, um, breathing exercises, grounding exercises. Um, I have started practicing meditation this month. Um, but if you need any resources on any of the stuff, I have two books here to show you one is, and it's backwards, but it's the body keeps the score by, uh, Bessel van der Kolk. Amazing book. It's a heavy read. It's about, complex PTSD in war vets and children. So it's not fun by any means, but the, <laughs> the payoff in that book is at the end, um, you know, towards the end, he starts going into like practical therapeutic steps to take um, different modalities that you can try to help yourself get past the trauma of chronic illness in this situation, like going through illness like this, especially when you think it's in your head, doctors are telling you, I don't know what this is. Uh, let me name your symptoms. Like that sucks. And it's going to affect anybody negatively, I think. Um, so even if that is the extent of your trauma, that is still trauma. And I think that's, that's worth taking care of yourself in a way where you can get more comfortable noticing your own body being present in your body and, and knowing that and thanking it for doing the best that it can despite how maybe you feel. And on that note, the book that you recommended to me and lots of other people, The Joy Plan, is another great book um, by Kaya Roman. Uh, if you want just kind of a practical guide to planning out and strategizing how to bring more joy into your life. And I think both whether you want to go with like, a you know, a paid professional like a therapist or you want to kind of do it on your own for free because that's just your financial situation um you know either book will help you in both directions i think to kind of implement better practices in your own life to lift your mood and to help you believe that you can heal and kind of get get into that mindset and reprogram some of the the stuff going on in your brain that's making you feel as sick and as sad as maybe you're feeling right now yeah, I completely agree. I think limbic retraining is something you can start right now. Like you could start it before you get the SERS blood work. You could start it before you do the symptom clusters and it can be relatively inexpensive or free, or you can put as much effort as you have the bandwidth to into it right now. And I think that's a really powerful thing. It's empowering in the sense that it's something you have control over and can pursue when you're kind of just learning about SERS. I know that for me, at least, I, I just felt overwhelmed and like all of this was out of my control. But limbic retraining is something you can do right now and something you can have control over and something you can take initiative with, regardless of your financial situation and regardless of your access to a practitioner. Um, I did want to mention two other limbic retraining resources um, that are very popular. One is called DNRS. It is a program. It's basically rejection therapy. You just constantly like trigger yourself and prove to yourself you're okay. 
trigger yourself and prove to yourself you're okay. And then another really popular one is called the Gupta program. That one has a really interesting um, money back guarantee. It says if it doesn't work, you get your money back. So that might be worth looking into for some people too. That's cool. I didn't hear about that last one. I didn't realize that's fun. I might have to look into that myself. Uh, but that's, yeah, I, I definitely encourage people to, uh, to look into all of that and to start it right away. Any kind of mindfulness practice, gentle yoga, any, any movement, singing, dancing. I mean, the, uh, throwing a ball, catching a ball with a partner, um, any kind of co-regulating activity that you can do with others, I think, um, or with yourself, uh, is all going to help. There's, it's kind of amazing the amount of activities that you can do that end up grounding you and helping you just feel better. So, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And kind of to pivot this conversation, um, from the limbic retraining, one thing we get a lot in the group, um, the SERS group, it's our supportive community of people who are going through SERS. You're more than welcome to join. We'll leave the link down below. But what we get a lot from the group is, well, what is the right choice? What should I do next? And no one can make the right decision for you. We don't know your financial situation. We don't know what your health bandwidth is, like how much effort and energy you can put into anything. Um, so it's really hard to tell anyone what their right choice would be. And looking back at my own SIRS journey, I remember feeling that way, like so paralyzed, so scared to make, quote unquote, the wrong choice in this situation. And looking back, I've I've only made good choices, even if it wasn't, quote unquote, the right choice to make, it was still something I could learn and grow from and be able to make better decisions in the future from. But there's been nothing where I was like, oh, my gosh, that was wildly catastrophic to my health. It's like any decision you make to move forward, I believe, is the right choice to make. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I would say my most catastrophic choice that I made at any point during this whole treatment has <laughs> been to take P. coli. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but guys, that was like, it was like 150 bucks maybe, which yeah, is 180. Oh, 180. So it's not yeah. nothing. It's not nothing, but it's still sitting in my fridge right now. And I hate it. I should just throw it away. I think it's bad by now. I mean, it's been seven months, but <laughs> my point is that's the level of like catastrophe that could potentially happen. Uh, like, and, and in that situation, I now know if given the opportunity between taking a goop of a medication versus a capsule, Barbara, you should probably take the capsule. So, and I know that about myself now. And guess what? I get to take that with me for the rest of my life in that knowledge about myself. <laughs> and so we've all learned, <laughs> whether you want it to or not, you've learned that about me. And now, uh, and, and that's still valuable. That's still worth something. So I think, um, yeah, sometimes you just, you gotta make a decision and, and go for it and see what, see what happens and go and, and deal with it. And, um, but like you said, all of these possible options are going to push you towards healing that mm -hmm. goop. I did take some of it and it helped me towards healing. <laughs> Barbara's resentment of phosphatidylcholine will never not make me laugh. It's okay. It's not delicious. 
is not a delicious thing to take, but it's not that horrifying. It, it's like it's like the consistency of earwax. It's so gross. Like your earwax is so runny. I well, okay, okay. You're <laughs> you're right. It's not quite that, but it's too close to that, and it's the right color. Like it's, it's waxy. Just not, it, yeah. It's waxy. Yeah. 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 So anyway, Bo- body bio sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> They are not loving us right now. No, that's okay. Um. Anyway, yes. JC said it better than I did. I derailed it a little bit, but I, I, I completely agree that uh, it, every decision feels so much more monumental than it actually is. I promise. Yes, it's almost like the important thing is to make a decision. Yeah. Rather than just allowing yourself to kind of spin in this confusion of I don't know because I think when it comes down to it you really do know you do know deep down you know like you could do that trick where you flip a coin and you wish for which side it lands on as it's in the air Um, I think deep down you know and nothing is going to I, I mean it's it's hard to say nothing is going to but like no decision you make when you are making it from a place of wanting to improve your health is going to decline your health. Like right. for SIRS people, we're pretty much rock bottom anyway. There's not much lower we could go. Right. Um, so anything you do decision-wise to improve your health is going to improve your health. Right. And this this is a long journey. This is 12 to 18 months. So just like strap in, make one step at a time and kind of hold on to the people who have done the journey before you and like look to them as signals of like choices you could make. Mm-hmm. choices that might make sense for you in your healing journey and just one step at a time that's all you gotta do just one yep. just one just one well i think that that does it <laughs> if you would like some of that kind of support and to be around people who have done kind of been there and done that uh like us and and like even more experienced members than us um barbara uh, we should make t-shirts we should well yeah we should. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Well, you heard it here first. SirsGroup.com will soon have merch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Another project. Um, uh, but join us at the SirsGroup.com if you would like the support of that nature. We would love to have you. Uh, but uh, anyways, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. See you there.